welcome to the Couple Money Podcast, where we discuss building up your marriage and your net worth. Here's your host, El Martinez. Welcome to another episode of the Couple Money Podcast. Is the secret to a happy marriage having joint bank accounts? There are strong feelings on the pros and cons of sharing, checking, and savings. Today, I want to pitch to you how they can boost your marriage and your finances. I start with the advantages of joint bank accounts and how you too can find the right bank or credit union for your money. Back by special request, mine, my husband Rob returns to the show. Sort of. You remember a couple weeks ago, we interviewed each other about our first money chat, reliving the fun and awkward parts of it. Naturally, the conversation then turned to how we started our first budget, but because that wasn't the topic on the show, I had cut that out. But it's coming back. You'll get to hear how we came up with our initial budget system and what we learned from it. Finally, I'll give you some suggestions on how you two can start budgeting together efficiently and effectively. The question of having a joint or a combined financial system as a married couple is a very popular one, and there's certainly opinions on both sides. Overall, I think it's best to have joint accounts if you're looking to build your marriage and your finances. There's some significant benefits to combining your checking and savings account. I have to say, it's a lot less hassle having a joint checking and savings account for us. We combine our money into one pot and we go ahead and schedule all our bills and savings and transfers from that account. It's quick and it's easy, and it really doesn't take that much time to keep tabs on things. That leads to the next benefit, more transparency with your finances. I think it's a great safety net that protects both of you when you can see where the dollars are coming in and where they're going. Two heads are better than one. And I know from our personal experience, there have been times when we could do a better job on keeping tabs of expenses, and one of us might catch it and just mention it. It's not a big deal. We don't start an argument over it. We're just making sure that we're getting the most out of our money. I think a huge reason we don't have these big money fights and we feel comfortable talking with one another is because of the third benefit, which is when you combine finances, you have to work through your money issues. It's kind of ironic because I think one of the biggest issues people have with combining their finances is confronting and having those conversations about money, which can be tough and it can be awkward. Honestly, it was awkward for me to open up to my fiance at the time, now husband, and find out that I was the one that was bringing debt into the marriage and he was pretty much debt free. But I don't regret doing it. Not only has our net worth grown, in the past eight years or so, but I feel like it's helped us to become better at communicating with one another and it's prevented us feeling resentment or feeling um, embarrassment or anger in our marriage and it's just made it a lot stronger. Derek Olson from Better Conversations on Money and Marriage has a great point. He had wrote an article about combining finances where he pointed out, Combining money within a marriage does not cause problems. It might uncover a few, and dealing with them now is a good thing. Most problems are already there, not created. There is no sense in avoiding what is already there. 
If two of you are still on the fence on combining your finances, my suggestion is why don't you start off small and combine your savings? Talk it over with your spouse. What are some goals that you have for the next year, next five years, and then work from there? As you get more comfortable and you have these conversations, then work on combining your checking accounts. You might be wondering, do I have to combine all of our bank accounts? Uh, The answer is, it's up to the two of you. Uh, For us, we have two tiny checking accounts that we use for minor personal expenses, like gifts for one another, our family, uh, maybe eating out for lunch, and then, you know, those small purchases that kind of make you happy. For my husband, it's you know, coffee visits. And for me, it's usually a book or something to read. That said, we do have access to one another's accounts if we need to get to it. And when we do our monthly reviews, we keep tabs with one another. Throughout the past eight years, our incomes and our expenses have changed, but that's been overall our system. Like I said, it's not perfect, but it's been a wonderful way for us to combine our finances and to get comfortable with one another and grow stronger with our marriage. In case you missed the Money Chat episode, I'm just going to recap our situation with finances when we got engaged. I was coming into the marriage with some credit card debt, a car loan, and some student loans that would take years to pay off. And as for my husband, it was pretty much the complete opposite. What was your money situation before we got engaged? Before we got engaged, I believe I had managed to pay off my uh, student loan. That's right. My fiancé was living completely debt-free. He had no credit cards. His car was paid for in cash. And his student loans were non-existent. As you might imagine, I felt a little awkward having so much debt and my fiancé having none. Not only was it an awkward situation, but I kind of wondered in the back of my mind, would we be able to come up with a joint budget? Fortunately, my husband Rob put my mind at ease when he made it clear that he wanted to work this out together. Although I was taken a little bit aback about you know, how much uh, debt there was that we you know, needed to clear out for you, uh, once saw some of those numbers, um, but you know, figured, okay, well, this is, yeah, married, this will be, uh, I inherited this now, we have to take care of it. Now, fast forward a couple months and we're married. I'm still in college and I have a part-time internship and my husband is working his first full-time position as a college graduate. Do you remember if it was like one sit down that we created it or was it over several times? So recall, it took a few times. We got a pretty good idea the first time. And I think we did a few others where we covered some more stuff going over that. Since we had no idea when my internship would end, we decided to go ahead and budget just on my husband's take-home pay and then use my income for savings and paying down debt. One of our first conversations with the budget was deciding how much goes into the joint account. We're basically putting your money into savings the most part. Um, although what we, I do recall specifically one thing that we did very early on is we, um, each calculated how much money we're making right now, uh, at the time. And we just, you know, get the proportions of how much our relative incomes were. What we did is we each uh, contributed our proportion of income 
to the to the joint account. In short, my money would go to the joint savings and his proportion would go to the joint checking. And that's what we paid all of our bills out of. That was the gist of our budget. That didn't mean that we got it right the first time. In fact, we did have to make some changes throughout the first year. Yeah, I think we've had it go. We went over, had the budget, went over it. I, I feel like we had a several several of them, though it's been a long time and I honestly can't remember how closely they were spaced or what we covered on that. It might have been that we adjusted it every month. Every month or after a couple of months to see how things were going. I do seem to recall readjusting a proportional budget a couple of times. It might have been after uh, one of us had a change in income. Besides paying the bills, one of the goals we definitely had was paying off the car loan faster. We wanted to get rid of that. We thought having that obligation out of the way would free up our month-to-month budget. As far as savings, we had like an idea of, yes, we wanted to have a little bit of a buffer. I think the only other savings goal we had was getting a house down the road, but we didn't have a specific number in mind at that time. One change we made with our budget that I thought was significant was where we banked. Originally, we went with a uh, big bank for our joint accounts. We thought, oh, they had ATMs everywhere. It'd be convenient. We can uh, take care of everything with bill pay. And basically, we had some trouble with them. It was frustrating. We were putting money away in savings and yet seeing so little of it grow that when I heard about online banks, we decided we were going to test them out. And so at that time, it was ING Direct. Now it's Capital One 360. We made the switch with our savings, loved the interest rate, and we saw how easy it was with checking, so we made um, the switch with our joint checking account. And we've been online banking since for our joint accounts and found it to be less of a hassle, but also it's nice to see the interest grow with the accounts. Not as high now with the low interest rates, but still much better than a lot of the brick-and-mortar banks around us. As you can see, making that first budget is just the first step in getting your finances combined in a way that makes both of you happy. We didn't get it right the first time, but it was nice to work together to come up with a plan, and then we just talked about it, and we adjusted our budget as we needed to. One of the most important financial steps is usually the one that's most ignored, and that's creating a budget that is effective and efficient. Okay, let's be honest, that even sounds boring. I think part of the problem is that when you think budgets, most people associate budgets with no. They think, no, I can't go out and eat. No, I can't take that vacation. No, we're going to have to wait to buy that house. But if you master the concept of conscious spending, if you include that as part of your plan, then you can see a budget as being yes. Yes, you can eat out. Yes, you can go on that vacation. And yes, you can get that home. It's more than just a mindset change. It's having a system that will make sure that your money isn't leaking out on these small purchases here and there, but instead Your money is going towards things that make you happier. 
Future shows will focus on financial and psychological hacks you can use to optimize your plan, but today I'm just going to focus on setting up the framework and getting it ready. You can tweak it as you see fit, but this plan is supposed to make it simple and easy to not only take care of your bills, have some fun now, but protect your financial future. It's the 50-30-20 method. It was originally coined by Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, who also served as a special advisor for Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I modified this ever so slightly to make it easier for couples to get out of debt faster and to save for retirement quicker. Basically, your joint budget is broken down into three main buckets. The first one is half of it. 50% will go towards monthly fixed costs. That goes to your obligations such as rent or mortgage, your utilities, food for the house, your minimum debt payments, and if you have a car loan, that would be rolled into that. Second category, 30% of your money, goes towards improving your long-term finances. That could be paying down your debts, investing for retirement, like your 401k or IRA, or maybe it's saving up to start a business, or you want to purchase some real estate. The last category is 20%, and that's guilt-free spending. Think of this as your fun money. If you want to eat out, go on vacation, this is where that money comes from. And this helps because it will motivate you to stay on budget since you're not depriving yourself of fun now. And you're still setting aside money to take care of your future expenses and financial goals. So how exactly do you set up your account? The best thing you can do is automate your money. As soon as that money comes into the account, Go ahead and set up bill pays, transfers, and your spending. Most banks and credit unions offer free bill pay. If yours doesn't, go ahead, make the switch, and then set it up. What you want to have is the paycheck come in, and very shortly, your bills go out. So you make sure that you take care of all the essentials, your must-haves. You also want to make sure that you have your investments taken care of, If that's one of your goals, transfer into savings if you don't already have an emergency fund. And if you're trying to get out of debt faster, make those debt snowball payments as soon as the deposit clears. With guilt-free spending, you have a couple options, but make sure you split it 50-50, that 20%. So 10% for you, 10% for your spouse. If you do have individual checking accounts, go ahead and have that deposited there. How you spend it is up to the two of you. Setting up bill pay and the transfers sounds like it's complicated, but it is not. For us, it took about a one-time setup, I want to say 40 minutes, maybe an hour at most. And it takes about 15 minutes each month just to confirm that all our payments went through and were sent out on time. If you need help with getting an idea of where your money's going and where you need to adjust, You can sign up for Mint. It's a free service that will go ahead and grab that data from your accounts. And then you can come up with a clear idea of how you want to optimize it or set up your budget. And that's it. The 50-30-20 plan is supposed to be simple. It's supposed to be an effective and efficient way for the two of you to get started with a budget. You can adjust it as you see fit based on your own personal circumstances. 
I'll include some tips on how to do the bill pay, more details on ways you can optimize your spending in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. To subscribe to the podcast or get notes for this episode, go to couplemoneypodcast.com. You can sign up with iTunes, Stitcher, or you can grab the feed directly for your own player. If you're on Twitter and you want to chat with me, you can follow at L-E-L-L-E underscore C-M, or if you just want to follow the show at C-MoneyPod. It's pretty easy to work on your finances when you and your spouse are on the same page. But what if that's not where you're at now? Coming next week, I talk with Tony from Debt Free Divas about the realities of having two different takes on getting out of debt. She shares the problems, victories, and honest conversations they had. Thanks again for joining. I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care.